You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. What is good, everybody out there in Inside Carolina land? We appreciate you joining us for another episode of the 40 Club. And I got a little bit of a curveball for you. See what I did there? I'm already talking baseball. I got a little bit of a curveball for you today in the 40 Club. You know, we've always talked about the 40 Club being about people that uh, went through Carolina and made that 40 year instead of four year decision. Well, right now, I got a guy that's on the guest list of the 40 Club. He didn't play at Carolina, but he is just as much of a diehard Tar Heel fan as you're going to find. And he's also, to my knowledge, uh, one of the most decorated as far as hardware uh, people that we've had on this show so far. Today, I am joined by Chris Morris. You know him as a producer extraordinaire on InsideCarolina.com's radio show, Inside Carolina Live, that airs uh, between uh, sports seasons on WCHL and Chapel Hill. Glad to have Chris here. Chris, how you feeling, man? Great, man. Can't, can't tell you how excited I am to talk with uh, today's guest, uh, being both a, of course, fellow Tar Heel fan and a uh, former Baltimore Oriole. Go ahead and tip, uh, tip that hand a little bit here. Yeah, well, since you've, uh, since you've <laughs> drawn back the veil a little bit on Charm City, we want to make sure we... Uh, Make sure we give a little bit of love to our guy up at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. John and the folks up there are just doing great work. Listen, Jimmy's Famous Seafood is a staple here in my house in Durham, North Carolina. Once I turned my wife onto their uh, colossal crab cakes, we probably do it at least once a month. Ordered it for Mother's Day for my mom because she's a big seafood honk. And Jimmy's Famous does it better than anyone. You're like, well, Joey, how do we get Jimmy's Famous? They're all the way up in, in Balmer. How do we get? Well, Jimmy's delivers to you and they have fabulous second day air shipping get it to you cold packed everything's still fresh it's absolutely amazing they've actually got and you're not going to believe this crab egg rolls and you're going to look at me cross-eyed when i say that but i'm telling you they are the truth uh yesterday was actually this week i think was uh, national egg roll day and jimmy's famous does egg rolls with crab meat inside of them and it's just absolutely better than anything you've ever put in your mouth before i promise you that Hit up Jimmy's Famous Seafood at jimmysfamousseafood.com. Our, our guest is, is having a moment with Jesus because he's thinking about uh, Jimmy's Famous back home in Balmer. But uh, hit up jimmysfamousseafood.com. Uh, listeners to this podcast will get a special break on your shipping if you use the code GDTBATH. Great day to be a Tar Heel. GDTBATH. Use that at checkout and get a special deal from our friends, our peeps, our mains up there at Jimmy's Famous. So shout out to them for sponsoring this episode of the 40 Club here on InsideCarolina.com. And with all that aside, I want to bring in fresh off of a 4-0 win over Hiroshima with the Oryx Buffaloes, Adam Jones, AJ-10. Listen, y'all, you, you know him as a five-time All-Star in Major League Baseball, four-time Gold Glover. Dude has won the Silver Slugger Award. Uh, as, as Chris will tell you, he is probably the most beloved Oriole this side of Cal Ripken. Uh, and that says a lot. If you know anything about Orioles baseball, Adam Jones, Adam, how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, man. I got no complaints, but you, you mentioned Jimmy seafood and, uh, just, they, they've, 
I, I just reach out to them on, on just randomly in the off season because my wife's obviously from Baltimore and she's like, oh, I just want a crab cake. And I just text them <laughs> and they're like, oh, just two, two, two days. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. And, I'm, and then we broil them and I'm just, oh, oh, tartar sauce. And you know, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm right now. I'm in awe. I, I, I want a crab cake. They don't have. They don't make crab cakes here in Japan. I mean, I guess a, there's a plethora of crab and all kind of different seafood, but the, the crab cake is not part of their uh, repertoire. And, uh, just a golden brown crab cake right now. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. If who couldn't eat a crab cake this second? This second? No, you're you're, you're spot think, on. Maybe I five. Can- what if I took two crab cakes and put a small <laughs> crab cake in the middle and made a crab cake sandwich out of crab cakes as bread and as the center? <laughs> That's inception, right? Add some hot sauce to it. I'm, <laughs> I'm gone game. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not going to lie. That old Bay hot sauce that, uh, that you can get is actually top notch on a crab cake. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay, I've not tried it. I've not tried it yet, but I got to make sure that I get that from my wife. Cause she, oh, I need old Bay. I need old Bay. Cause I mean, you're from Baltimore. You just eat Obey. And Everything it, is that like you put Obey on cereal. I get it. Now, don't do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I get it. I get it. I 100% get it. And it, it is good. I, I got no complaints. It is a good seasoning. Yeah, man. The Obey hot sauce is, is also where it's at. So, Adam, listen, you are kind enough to take time out of your evening. Like I said, fresh off of a win against Hiroshima with the Oryx Buffaloes in Japan. Uh, I appreciate you joining us. I mean, a 13 hour time difference just goes to show that um, this Tar Heel universe is indeed a global phenomenon. First thing I want to ask you, Adam, is is how does, how is playing ball in Japan treating you? I mean, what's, what's it like? What's the difference in in here versus, uh, versus when you were playing in in MLB? Like help me understand for our listeners and for our viewers, like what's, what's playing ball like over in Japan? Well, first off, it's amazing in terms of, the experience that one can garner by playing overseas. I'm fortunate enough and, and not many players, especially with the COVID protocols and the COVID era that we're living in right now. I'm one of the few players that actually has their families over here. And my wife and kids are here. My kid is, my kids are going to school here, learning Japanese. You know, I get all kinds of uh, emails every day about them in school, learning different phrases in Japanese. And I'm like, I don't need to know that. You know what I mean? And, and, and like, I think the experience is, is, is something that I couldn't pay for. Most guys come to Japan, Korea, Taiwan to make their money. And like, say, if you are a fringe player, if you are uh, you know, a fringe to major league, AAA guy, kind of guy like Dennis Safarte, he's a guy, Chris, I'm sure you know of, of him very well. He came over here and has been over here for 11 years now. He's, 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 he's in her, in her entering his retirement because he had a bad hip. But he came over here and, and made himself $35, $40 million. Like, like you know, Vladimir Ballantin, Jose Lopez. There's so many American guys or, or just foreign guys, I should say, because they just classify everybody as foreign over here, that, uh, that, that, that came over here and they made their livings. Me, I'm coming over here as a different age. I'm coming over as I came over as a 34 year old. I've already made my money. I'm already financially secure in that in that realm. But the experience and the just the opportunity, you know, me and my wife, we love to travel. Obviously, if you follow my Instagram, you see that we're all over every place in the offseason, especially the last five years. And just I just couldn't pass up this opportunity. The game of the the style of game 
is different. Uh, they play more of the 70s, 80s style. They bunt. Mm. They bunt. Yeah, they bunt. And I, so and a lot I, of station-to-station station manufactured I, stuff? I, I've not seen a first-inning bunt maybe since I was in high school watching the Padres <laughs> wow. like like they they bunt here like it's it they they play small ball and their potential with this style of play is they're not you know they're not looking for the home run every time there's a couple of guys in the lineup that can hit a home run here and I tell them all the time said in America one through nine is trying to take you deep here three four five okay they'll they'll try and jump you Everybody else is trying to put the ball in play and they're contact hitters. These hand, the hand and eye coordination is something I've never seen before in my life. And um, to just be able to experience it and uh, share it with my family, my wife and kids is beyond because uh, me personally, I have not gotten off to the greatest start, but that is not taken away from me still being a positive influence and still trying to help out the other guys because you know they always say oh you good MLB player you've had a good career over there and I tell them like that's great but I'm here now so I'm just trying to uh give back my knowledge give back my energy to the game I'm not the player I was I don't have the same speed the power all that stuff but that comes with age but at the same time I still have the same mindset and the same passion for the game and um when I was coming into the game you had a lot of guys that we're still 36, 37, 38 that passed on that knowledge. And I think that, you know, I'm, I've assumed that role and a lot of guys have gravitated towards me for just information. And uh, that I think, you know, that I think in, in, encapsulate all those things. I think it's just been great, a great experience. That's awesome. Uh, well, Adam, let me ask you kind of uh, go ahead, Joe. No, I was, I was, I want to make sure you were catching up too. Sorry. Adam, I just wanted to ask you, you kind of talked about, you know, the difference, you know, the fact they do play small ball in Japan and that, you know, it's more about manufacturing runs, getting guys on base. One of the criticisms right now with MLB, uh, you know, I hear it from, you know, fans all the time about, well, it's either a home run or a strikeout. It's a home run or a strikeout. Everybody's, like you said, trying to go yard, you know, one through nine. Yeah, for your personal opinion, what, I mean, which style of baseball do you prefer? I mean, which, which is more fun, more entertaining for you? Being an offensive center fielder, um, I mean, I love offense. Um, but at the same time, I love winning. 12 through 16, when we finally jumped that bridge and we became a, a winning organization after such a, a long time of not winning, like we did all the dirty work to win. All the dirty work. That means that what that means, though, is that you had guys that stripped their own egos for the greater good of the team. It wasn't about, oh, man, I, I need I need I need that RBI. I need to be hidden. You know, I need I need I need I, I, I need. No, it was more we need. And, you know, the guys that we had when you, you, you put together a team with Mark Kakis, J.J. Hardy, myself, Weeders, um, those, those, those were the leaders at the time. And then you add Nick Johnson's, you had Kelly Johnson, you had, uh, then you, then we had, uh, obviously we had a superstar with the, with Machado. And then you had a, a superstar with, with, uh, Cruz, you had, um, Jace Peterson's, you had Trumbo's to the world. Like, these are guys that understand the game, but at the same time, understand winning. And, you know, with, when Cruz came over there in 14, He's been to two World Series. He lost two World Series. He's obviously he wants he he he's frustrated that he didn't get his chance to win it, but he also knows how to get there. And our team 
played so selfless through those five years span that we were we were the winningest team in the American League for a reason. Now we didn't win the we didn't uh, win a World Series, and that's it. The World Series is an anomaly. It's very hard to win. You know, flip a coin, thirty teams. There's only there's only going to be four or five teams that are going to win that that have an opportunity to win it. But we played selfless baseball, and you know now with how there's so much money divulged into analytics, and every time I watch ESPN broadcast, oh, uh, it's about launch angle, exit velocity. Who cares about that? Like, seriously, (laughs) if you get a base hit with two outs and you score two runs and you get jammed and the ball falls over the first baseman's head, do you give a rat's ass about exit (laughs) velocity? Seriously. But but then if you you crush a ball to shortstop, you hit the ball hard. Do you – oh, it's 115 off the bat. You're out. Who gives it? And now I said (laughs) – I've always said this. A great swing is a swing that results in a hit. Not a great swing. And and I said, I hate this statement every single time I've heard it. And I've I've said, kiss my go to hell many, many times to my teammates. And they're like, oh, damn, you're a prick. But you you hit a ball hard. Oh, good swing. It wasn't good enough. Okay. Mm. A a good swing results in a base hit. And, uh, you know, the game has changed. You know, they don't, they, they, they devalue certain things. Singles are not valued like they would like they were. Tell that to Tony Gwynn, RIP. Tell that to Rod Carew. Tell that to Ricky Henderson. Tell that to uh, so many, so many guys who were uh, single hitters. They got on base, scored a lot of runs because at the end of the day, if you get on base, you generate something. And uh, and the game is changing in a different way. But at the same time, you know, you see, uh, you, you got a lot. There's so much, so much talent. And I think that I think that it's going to switch back into the, you know, more contact type game, I hope, because um, this this swinging and missing, and it's, again, you have high-velocity guys. You, I mean, guys are just sitting out there, everybody out of every bullpen is 95-plus, and they throw 50-50 sliders and off-speed and all kind of junk. But the wear and tear on the pitchers is terrible. I look at the DL right now, IL, I'm sorry, and – Every other day, there's six or seven people. It's like football yeah. right now. It's like so many people are getting hurt. And I'm like, like you guys don't preserve themselves because people don't do what they used to do. People don't do the, the running of the poles like they used to. People don't do the, you know, in spring training. Remember when you watch the spring training game, you see the guys running the poles on the field, all that kind of stuff. They don't do that. They go inside, they ride the bike. It's not the same. It's not the same. And it's just it's just a different era of, of, of baseball. But I hope it gets back to it because uh, as a baseball fan first, you know, I loved watching the Padres through 96 through uh, 2003 just was my, was, were my passion years of being able to watch the game before I ended up getting drafted. And they played they did all the dirty work. You know, when they won in 96, they had some power with Caminetti and, and, and Joyner. Tony Gwynn, obviously the the epitome of contact. The guy struck out three times in a game once. I might do that tomorrow. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's it, it's just the game has shifted, and you know, and I get it. Big power, big home runs, big reward. But at the same time, play the game, put the ball in play. The first two strikes are yours. After once you get two strikes, choke up, strip your ego, and put the ball in play. 
And I learned that a long time ago when I was with the Mariners. They taught me how to really play the game. And still to this day, once I get two strikes, I still choke up because I understand that, you know, okay, the first two strikes are mine, but this third strike is the team's. Strip the ego and play the game. Put the ball in play. Now you're still going to strike out. That's just part of the game. Pitchers are nasty. But at the same time, if you if you cut your stride down, choke up a little bit, and just try to put the ball in play, things can happen because people are imperfect. A ground ball is way easier to catch than a fly ball. I can tell you that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Adam, I want to take you back to you know, a little bit ago. You were running down. You were taking me back in time a little bit as an Oriole fan to our last great run with that lineup you were running down with you and Marcakis and JJ and Weeders and all those guys. Uh, one name that you didn't mention, but I want to ask you about, and you talk about doing the dirty work. Things turned around for the Orioles whenever Buck Showalter came in as the manager. Yeah, how much Very of an true. effect did Buck have on your game personally and the entire team? Um, I think Buck's biggest impact, uh, obviously, it was a new generation. And, it, you know, it wasn't the 90s. You know, you just you, you just can't sit there and yell at the players and, you know, and give them a mean stare. You're in a different era, a different era of ball players. Um, I think Buck's biggest impact was accountability. And I've always said that. And, you know, he, he always said, look, it, you're going to fail. That's the name of the game. I mean, what can you do at, at 30% rate and, and still have your job? I can't think of anything besides baseball. And, you know, he said you're going to fail. But the thing was, is he always counted on the preparation. If you were prepared, you're going to make errors. Physical, physical things happen. You know, the balls hit hard. You get a middle hop. You, you, you know, you're facing somebody, you face a Batantas, you face a Chapman, you know, you face Sale that day. Sale, if, you know, we face Sale many times and Sale's going to get his 12. Just is what it is. But you can battle. You know, you can figure out ways to battle. And the mental side of the game is where I think Buck added to not just the players, but the organization. I think everybody was held accountable and just didn't just go through the motions. Buck did, Buck, one thing Buck never did is just go through the motions. Let's just go through the motions. He always said that, you know, hey, look, it, hey, it doesn't matter. It, hey, grind, grind this guy out. You know what I mean? We, we're, we're facing we're facing sale. We're facing uh, an ace on another team. Hey, grind him out. Grind, try and try and get him out the game if you can early. Go and if you can get him 100 pitches, in, you know, in the sixth, seventh inning, maybe fifth, sixth inning, grind him out, get into that bullpen. And I think one thing I think our our, our greatest accomplishment was the 14 playoffs where we faced uh, Scherzer, Verlander, and Price, the the last three um, uh, the last three Cy Young winners. Mm-hmm. And what we did each game against them is we grinded them out. We fouled balls off. We grinded them out. And then once we got into the bullpen, okay, now we now we figure out, okay, look, we got the weak spot. And that's all Buck was about. Buck was about grinding it out. It wasn't about like, look, let's be pitcher perfect. Let's sit there and wear our ties this way. No, it's it's a nasty game. Play the game, play the game hard, play it right. Grind, grind, grind. And um, that's one thing I got out of him. And you know, when when he first took the job, and he I remember he coming to me and said, look at Play your game. Play the game. Play the game hard. All I want you to do, play your game and play the game hard. You ain't got to tell me nothing else. You know what I mean? You ain't got to tell me nothing else. It's just like when uh, when um, Dave Tremblay told me in 2008, second day in spring training, said, this is your job to lose. You ain't got to tell me nothing else. <laughs> I'm 22 years old. You ain't, this is my job? What? 
Okay, <laughs> you got. It. I took the I took the reins. You know what I mean? And that's what that's the biggest impact that I think Buck had is is just take accountability for your game. Like not everybody is this player. Not everybody's this player. Not everybody is said player. Play your style and do what you do best. You know what I mean? And we always had meetings at the beginning of the season is bring. And it's, if you talk to Buck, he's always said this, bring what you bring, just bring what you bring. If you're grinding, grind it out. If you are a speed guy, run, use your legs. If you're a power guy, try and drive the ball. But overall play the game hard, play the game the right way, play it smart. And as you see, those, those, you know, obviously the 12 through 16 years, which are our heydays, we played great defense. We were smart. We, uh, you know, we grinded it out. And that was, we, we, we had the most wins, most, most one run wins during that span because we played the game hard and played it smart. Absolutely. No question about that. And yeah, Adam, obviously you've always been uh, very vocal on Twitter. You're one of my favorite Twitter followers of all time, Thank by you. the way. And uh, you. You, you, you would often mention your love for Carolina basketball, but being up there in Maryland for so many years, spending 10 years with the Orioles, you know, you got a lot of bleed over, obviously, with Maryland basketball oh. fans and Oriole fans as well. There's a lot of crossover in those fan bases. So much. Yeah. Did, did, did it ever lead to any uh, gentle razzing from Oriole fans, your love for uh, for the Tar Heels? Obviously, you have in common the hatred of that school over in Durham, but uh, North Carolina isn't high on Terrapin fans' list usually either. So was there ever any uh, razzing from uh, Oriole fans toward you about your love for Tar Heel basketball? I mean, I, whenever I posted anything about North Carolina basketball, you know, you get you get some guys like, oh, well, you should follow this. Well, at the end of the day, I should be following San Diego State basketball. Then, if that's what I <laughs> right, right. If, they, if that's what I should be doing, right? If you you should be doing this, and you know, like I said, my biggest memory and what made me love Carolina basketball is in '95, Jerry Stackhouse going under the rim and dunking. <laughs> okay, I, it's, it's a vivid memory in my in my soul. It's one of the first sports memories like that I can just remember. And I and I sat there. I remember I was watching the game with my older brother, and I'm just like, oh my. <laughs> and since the, and like seriously, since that moment, I've loved North Carolina basketball. And like I go back to the egg Coda Shaman Williams, Adam Okalaja days. You know what I mean? It's not just like oh well, I just want to be on the Vince Carter train. I just want to be on. You know the the new train of the new guys. No, 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 no. I, I'm 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 late '90s uh, North Carolina fan. You know what I mean? And you know I got to see uh, three championships. I think in my era, I got to see one of the last games of Dean Smith. I got to see Brad Doherty coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now he's doing NASCAR sometimes. So <laughs> like I, I I'm a North Carolina basketball fan, and you know one of my biggest. Uh, things on a bucket list is getting out to North Carolina. Get, I, I've been to Durham. I've been to Duke. I went with Dick Vitale in, uh, in spring training a couple years ago, and I seen them play Florida State, and I'm sitting there like, it was great to be a Duke. It was great to be uh, and meet Coach K, but it was still something in me that's like, this ain't Chapel Hill. <laughs> Duke, but yeah, I respect, I respect it. I respect it and I love it, but this ain't Chapel Hill. So, you know, something deep inside me is like, you know, I want to go eight miles away from this and go to go to a real basketball gym. You know, I mean, this place right here, my high school gym is bigger than this. I want to go to a real basketball gym. But now I respected, you know, I respected the 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 craft that Coach K and the Duke and the Dukies have. But you know, I, I just wanted to, I wanted to get up to that 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 Chapel Hill. And 
it, it didn't work with Dick Vitale's uh, schedule that that year. Um, but I'm going to get there. I guarantee you that I'm going to get there. We'll uh, we'll definitely have to do what we can to help shepherd that. And look, you just you you just proved your medal by checking a lot of the boxes uh, in true uh unc fandom by calling it a high school gym and you drop dookies in there so i mean your, your credentials are already bona fide as far as chris and i are concerned so that was one of my biggest questions was how does a guy from socal become a tar heel fan and then you immediately the fact that you were so uh so easy in telling the story about stackhouse's dunk in 95 so tell me about some of the other Carolina players that have really kind of just captured your fandom. Like what, what other guys have you seen play in that, in that light blue uniform that, that you really just kind of, uh, kind of gravitated towards? Well, obviously Vince Carter. Uh, I mean, his high flying heroics. Um, I, I mean, it was just a, a dream getting able to watch him play uh, with, with Antoine Jamison, uh, Brendan Hayward, that, that team was just, just phenomenal. And then after that, you got Tyler Hansborough. And um, it's crazy is uh, I got to hang out with Jawad Williams uh, mm-hmm. a couple months ago out here in Japan. And uh, we were able to have a couple of drinks and just just talk Carolina basketball. And and I know, he, like, you know, we we're a similar age. And I just I, I just had too many questions. Like, how, how is it? What's the merch like? <laughs> what you guys get? Do you still get the hookups? What do you get? How was it working? How was it coaching? How was it working with Roy Williams? How was this? And, you know, even, and he just said, like, look, it, you're an accomplished baseball player, like, but you asking me more questions than somebody in your shoes should be asking. I'm like, I'm a fan of North Carolina basketball. I don't, give, <laughs> I don't care what I've done. I want to know what what's going on with North Carolina basketball. You know what I mean? And you know, and, and still to this day, I still watch what's going on right now, and I still watch the ladies. You know, and um, I just, you know, it's just for some reason, it's just it's just a passion. When I see that light blue, that powder blue, it's it's uh, it, that's Carolina blue. I'm sorry, powder blue is a different color. Carolina blue. It's just uh, it's just something that. I just I, I have to watch the game. It doesn't matter who they're playing. When I see them on ESPN or anything, I, I just have to stop and I have to watch that entire game because it's it's a place that I feel myself being. You know, obviously I didn't go there, but I just feel myself being there. And you know, I'm good friends with Andrew Miller. And you know, when I when we, whenever we got to play each other, we played with each other in 2014, and I just asked some North Carolina questions. <laughs> like, like you at North Carolina, like how is it, man? You know, what? Yeah, North Carolina. Come on, man. How is it there? Like, you know, and it's just something that's just been a, been a passion of mine. And, and throughout the years, I've just followed them. I've followed the basketball, not as much the other sports, but uh, I definitely follow the uh, the basketball aspect of North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. I need to give a shout out to our friends. At Johnny T-shirt, which Adam, I'm sure when he makes his first voyage to Chapel Hill, we'll make a stop at Johnny T-shirt on Franklin Street because you talk about all the gear, you talk about all the merch. Johnny T-shirt is where you need to go. Also, yes, something else I saw is really neat. They actually have, since vacation season is coming up, they actually have a beach towel that has all of the famous Chapel Hill bars on it, which, you know, the beach, towels, boozing bars there's a huge circle of connection there a nice flow good connectivity if you believe in that kind of stuff check that out make sure you hit them up and they've also got brand new just in the new nike football uh coaches polos that you will see the football coaching staff wearing 
this fall when they grace the sidelines at King Stadium. So all that stuff is available to you at Johnny T-Shirt. As you know, Inside Carolina subscribers get an extra 10% off the top. So make sure you check them out. JohnnyT-Shirt.com on Franklin Street, owned and operated by Tar Heel alumni. Be sure to show them the love that they have shown to Inside Carolina by bringing us this content. Take a quick break. Let some of the national guys drop some ads in here. We'll be right back talking with Adam Jones, the first gold glover that we've ever had on the 40 Club. Sit tight. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, y'all. Thanks for sticking around to this episode of InsideCarolina.com's The 40 Club. We got a man on the guest list tonight, Adam Jones. Uh, like I said, first first gold Glover to ever grace the 40 Club. So this is this is broadening our scope and broadening our audience and our reach and really flexing our muscle by way of his accomplishments and accolades. Adam was telling us about some of his fandom and, and how he's been able to interact with other Tar Heels through his career. That's led him a lot of places. You talked about playing with Andrew Miller. I got to ask, are there other Tar Heel fans that we might not know about? So guys that maybe didn't play in Chapel Hill or guys that you've come across in your career that you found out were also Carolina fans that you were like, oh, well, that, that, and then all of a sudden you've got a bond with them. Is there anybody that you might, that might surprise us that you might've come across that, that also share the love for the, the Carolina blue? I mean, not, not, not really, because once I got drafted and started playing pro ball, um, you had got a lot of guys from, you know, their own certain regions of the United States. Mm -hmm. And then you had the college guys who, you know, just kept talking about their universities, play with guys from Indiana university. And then, you know, obviously such a prestigious university there with basketball and just hearing Bobby, some Bobby Knight stories. And I'm like, Okay, cool. North Carolina. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, and, and I just played with, I think the regions in which I played and the guys in which I played with, they had their own, had their own loves. Uh, and then when I, once I got to Baltimore, don't, don't, don't mention UNC basketball. Don't right. mention Duke basketball. Like you just, it's just don't. I mean, you can mention anybody else, but don't mention those two guys. And me, I'm sitting there like, oh, why? Because they winners. Oh, you don't like it because they're winners. <laughs> well, Adam, uh, one thing you you talk about your time in Baltimore. You know, I wanna, I wanna, you, I wanna, you don't like them because they're winners. In the full, I hate JJ Reddick. Go ahead. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I, my, my internet lagged there. No worries. If you're going to go on an I hate JJ Reddick diatribe, you go right ahead. We're not, we're not going to slow you down on that. <laughs> I mean, I say again, it's, um, I think being a professional athlete, you know, you appreciate and respect every different, uh, every different athlete. You know, like I said, I respect the new guys. I respect the Maryland guys. I respect, you know, obviously I, I just, I respect the guys because I understand how hard it is to make it to the pinnacle of what they made it. Even if you make it to D1 playing, you know, playing for a prestigious school like North Carolina, Maryland, Virginia, Duke, Indiana, Kentucky. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, these schools, are, it, it's prestigious, especially when you really go into the numbers and, uh, and see that not many people get to make it. So I really respect them and I respect all the guys, but since I didn't go and walk on campus and be able to uh, be able to, you know, attend classes and go to the games, it's like, it's, I love the, 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 the team, but it's not, it's a different love besides uh, then I think being able to have that like diploma from the school and, you know, it, it, the reach that I think North Carolina basketball has is just ridiculous. And, you know, like I said, I've never, I haven't really had too many arguments about it because, you know, guys have their own, you know, their own uh, alma maters that they like to like. And, you know, me, I'm obviously from San Diego. We've had some good teams since for San Diego State, but I like North Carolina basketball and I, and I still uh, gloat about it to this day. And when they beat somebody, I wear them out. And, North Carolina won me the uh, clubhouse does the, uh, the NCAA tournament trophies, the pools and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And they won me the tournament. Uh, was it 2014, 2015? When was the last national championship? 17. Se- 17. Was it 17? Oh, nine. It would have been oh, nine or 17. It was 17 then. Yeah. They won, they won me the championship. And uh, I remember Darren O'Day was like, you know, he, he's a university of Florida guy. And he's like, Oh yeah, I'll go to the, um, I'll, I'll, I'll get your cashier's check for it. And I looked at him and said, I don't know cashier's check. We're making too much money in this clubhouse. Oh, my shit in cash. And a couple of days later, he had, me, he had my money in cash. So, you know, I, it just was, I think that, I think that's the best part of the, of, of playing baseball too, with these guys is the NCAA tournament. Cause you have so many walks of life yeah. uh, in so many colleges, even if it's, even if it's not the biggest colleges, it's just, you got guys to, in that clubhouse of, you know, spring trains of 65, 70 guys that uh, went to just some, some random colleges, some big colleges, but you just have guys in there that's just love, uh, love the schools and love the representations. And then when you got money on the line, that even adds a different <laughs> uh, aspect to it. But I remember UNC brought home the gold. That's strong. Very nice. Uh, Adam, I, I want to take it back to your time in Baltimore one time. So we, we kind of start to wrap things up with you here. Um, obviously, you know, as, as yeah. you're, you're still playing, maybe you haven't had a chance to reflect on this. But when Joey t- you told me that we're going to have this opportunity to talk to you, and I, I said to him, I was like, you know, I, I jumped at this opportunity to, to speak with you today as a lifelong Orioles fan. And I told Joey this. I said, Adam, along with Nick Marcakis, are probably the two most beloved Orioles of this century uh, among Baltimore Oriole fans. Uh, yeah, as you move along in your career, have you really had an opportunity to kind of start to reflect on your legacy? You know, not not just in Baltimore because you spent time obviously with the Mariners and the Diamondbacks as well, but you know, particularly so many years in Baltimore. Have you had an opportunity to kind of start reflecting on your legacy and and what your time in Baltimore meant, not only to you but to the organization and that fan base? I think in the last maybe a few months, I think it started because 
you know, the realization that maybe this year could be my last year, maybe next year, maybe like how many more years do I want to put on my body? You know what I mean? I got young kids. I want to be able to experience a lot of things with them. I want to travel with my wife. I want to be able to do so, so many different things. And I think that over the last few months when I, you know, I've had time to, to dwell on, in a, in a good way, dwell on, on, the, on my career in Baltimore. Obviously Seattle was, Seattle was my, you know, my cup of tea, my Starbucks. You know what I mean? I was able to get myself a venti and, you know, and add extra sugar. <laughs> and uh, then I get to Baltimore, you know I mean? I, I got to understand I like my coffee black. You know what I'm saying? I got to, I got to, you know, ride on a, on a, on a career train that, that is, that has blessed me, myself, blessed my family, uh, you know, obviously blessed many, many fans. And it's just, again, it's not just myself. You had, again, you mentioned Mark Akis, who's such a staple, Brian Roberts. Uh, I got to, I got to play with some guys that are just absolutely gems and not just on the field as as humans one of the biggest lessons i've learned is is from marcagas a guy who's made a lot of money but if you looked at him on a daily basis you wouldn't think he made two nickels rubbed together you know what i mean and that's what i i, I really enjoyed because he's like oh like I, I don't care about spending my money on this material stuff my wife wants it that's cool but myself i just want to just just be relaxed and live life and hunt and you know have nice simple things and uh, but I think over the last few few months, I've got to reflect on that. You know, I, I did a lot of I did a lot of great. I did a lot of that's that that's generational. And, um, you know, I, I tend I owe it to my my teammates who push me every day. I owe it to the clubhouse guys who are from Baltimore uh, that, you know, like, you know, when we win, they're juiced. Mm-hmm. When we lose, they're like they take it personal because they're from Baltimore. They want to see this team succeed. Uh, the fans, especially when social media started, that really took a took a, a respect to the fact that you know you go out there and play the game hard. You know, and, and again, Baltimore's had some great center fielders, and it's not just me. You you know, you go back to before myself. You had Corey Patterson. You got Brady Anderson, Mike Deverell, uh, Bombry. And I think still to this day, the greatest, especially on the defensive side, Paul Blair. And like, it, it, like there's a historic factor in being great center fielders in Baltimore. And, you know, I took, I took personal to that. I took, you know, when it, once we hired Brady Anderson, he comes in every day and he's bringing his passion, bringing his love. And, you know, you want to play hard for these guys. And, you know, I think in the last couple of months, obviously I've, I've just been thinking this, you know, if this is my last year, um, uh, you know, what I've done, not just on the field, but off the field has been generational. And, you know, with, with how you, if you watch baseball today, you have a lot of guys, a lot of options. A lot of guys get called up, sent down, called up, sent down, called up, sent down, DFA. And, you know, and for me to play 11 straight years, hit the DL one time, I was on the DL one time in 11 years. Uh, it, it's just something that is, that, that, that just, stands out to me it's eye popping and i got kids my kids right now they're like well daddy you're not as fast you know you couldn't do this they're seeing me on my they're seeing me on my last legs and i just show them video like hey i did some special things okay and um it, it's cool to be able to share share your career with them and then you know obviously i get a lot of uh tweets and posts and remarks and comments from fans in baltimore still to this day and it just shows that my impact was just was bigger than baseball it was uh, community 
it was family. And uh, that, that, those, those are kind of things that will always stick with me, no matter how things turn out. If, you know, if this is my last year, if next year, if I try to hang on, whatever, uh, Baltimore will always have a special place in my heart because obviously my wife's from there, but I, I played 11 years there. That, that Baltimore, I grew up there personally I grew, as a man, as a, as a husband, as a, as a father. I grew up in Baltimore and, uh, you know, I got to learn to like crab cakes. I still don't like the crabs because I still think it's too much work. It is a lot of work. Little, it is a lot of who wants to yell at me for that? But <laughs> I like I, 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 for for just a little bit. But I still like I still like the crab cakes. And uh, I, I I just had I've, I've made some some absolutely marvelous friends that are lifelong friends that are from Baltimore. And uh, it's just it's just a, a special place in my heart and always will be. Well, we certainly appreciate you kind of, that's, that's a really good way and a good segue to try to wrap our episode today. We appreciate you taking some time to kind of put your career in perspective. And it's not really an easy topic for a lot of people, but we definitely had a lot of fun today talking with, uh, with Adam Jones. If you want to hit him up on Twitter, at simplyaj10, uh, the man's everywhere. You can also find him on Instagram. Make sure to follow him. But a Tar Heel fans now are probably, you're probably going to get a lot of influx of, of followers now that, now that they know you're also a, a big fan of Carolina Blue and uh, have had a chance to expose that fandom to our subscribers and our readers and inside Carolina. But, Adam, we appreciate it, man. Best of you and your family. I hope that the rest of the season takes care of you. And, look, when you get back stateside, uh, you know, keep us in the loop, and we'll see what we can do about facilitating getting you to a, to a game sometime soon. Oh, for sure. And uh, anybody that has the plug on the uh, Carolina – blue anything and i'm saying you know i'm talking about the jordans reach out to me uh, i ain't I'm, I'm not i ain't got the money to pay crazy crazy astronomical prices as i'm smart but at the same time that carolina blues those shoes are just absolutely beautiful so you are intrigued out. y'all let, let the man know if we've got any sneakerheads watching or listening today let the man know because he, he might be in the market but adam jones we appreciate it for chris morris i know he's he's brought the the oriole knowledge today to to make this episode of the 40 club a strong one special shout out to jimmy's famous seafood special shout out to johnny t-shirt we appreciate both of those businesses and what they do for inside carolina but for Chris Morris, for Adam Jones, all the way over in Japan. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys listening to us. Make sure you rate, review us, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff so this comes directly to your devices. You get good content like this on the ready. But I'm just Joey Powell, and I appreciate you guys spending time with us today on Inside Carolina. In this episode of The 40 Club, we'll talk at you next time. Late. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Now streaming. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil, has returned. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus.